The Tragedy of Cinema podcast is intended as a family-friendly program that by extension strives to be inclusive to all people regardless of their ethnicity, gender, creed, or any other identifying factors in this incredibly diverse world of ours. With that said, some of the films we discuss may contain serious subject matters or have content considered morally objectionable by today's standards. We do not intend to condone or dismiss these aspects of these films, but our primary focus will be on what we believe our film succeeds at, some fun facts, and our personal enjoyment factors of each film. With that said, we hope you enjoy the show. Disco's dead! Those jeans are so tight. I can see your It's the last day of school. Yes? This is better than the first time I got to finger a chick, man. And to celebrate... The night is young. Four friends are busting loose and hitting the highway. I'm making it. Oh, man. Give me this pizza. (laughs) No more, no more. It's going to be the most... Repulsive. Ah, oh. <laughs> offensive. I've never heard a girl blow ass before. Vile. <laughs> and certainly the most momentous. <laughs> Time of their lives. You better have something really sinful for me this time, son. I just lost my virginity in a confessional booth! In Detroit Rock City, they're young, <laughs> dumb, look at him, he's a moron, and full of. <laughs> I'm sorry. Hey, I'm sure there's more where that came from, right? <laughs> Detroit Rock City. It's a girl walking along the side of the highway. We should pull over and help her out. I mean, they, they make scary movies that start out like that. Hey, but. But they make porno movies that start out like that too, man. Alright guys, welcome back to the Tragedy of Cinema podcast. I'm your host Jimbo. And I'm your co-host Kyle. Kyle. Today we will be discussing a a listener request by none other than Brett, the host of the Evil Never Dies podcast, has asked us to cover Detroit Rock City. Detroit Rock City. Get up, everybody. Get down. Everybody. Over Kyle's head. There we go. So this this is going to be a very very interesting episode to say the least, Mm. uh, as was the movie. So 
Uh, but Kyle, before we get started, uh, I think you have a special announcement. I do have a special announcement, Jimbo. That's right. On October 28th, we are going to be down at the Boone County Distillery and former jail um, with Jackie and friends. And we're going to be hosting a huge live show free to everyone. That's right. From 5 to 8, we're going to have a, 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 a kind of like a costume thing, a little past costume party thing. And then we're going to have a live show. We're actually going to show Night of the Living Dead, the original one, at around 8.30. And uh, like 8 to 8, we're going to have a live show. We're going to be there like having like a live studio audience kind of thing. And we have a it's going to be a huge fun show to come on down to a Halloween special event kind of right thing. and also you know? I believe from five to eight is also where, where we will be uh, mm-hmm. uh, I have the town uh, there's a town I can't remember passing that. of the loom or something like that they call it I forgot what they call it I forgot um, what she called it but uh, it's basically a thing they do every year like on the Halloween or Halloween weekend where the whole town passes out candy yeah so I'm gonna, gonna be bringing be, uh, candy there too Kyle's um, being a carload of candies for all I've a carload of candy that's right and in fact Jimbo has insisted on it so now it's the thing we're definitely gonna have to do but it looks like we're gonna be running some either um, pull or some options for what my costume will be because I was undecided a little too late so Jimbo decided to seize the moment well no because Kyle and said I'm not even gonna dress up and I said Whoa. I, was like, like, I don't even know if I will dress up. That's all I said. And then, bam, Jumbo was like, I will destroy you. And then, bam, now we're going to be running a whole thing. Yep. So uh, The only thing I'm worried about is Kyle eating all the candy before he actually exactly. makes it to the $300 worth of candy. I just died. $300 worth of candy. Immediately. Just, <laughs> he opens up and all of the candy wrappers just fall out of the back <laughs> of, of the car. So, <laughs> that one character. But right. it should be a fantastic live show, and we hope you come down. We will have limited seating for like kind of like the movie event of, a, of about 40 people right now so if you go to the website right now I believe it's uh, what the, was website? the website we don't have a website well if you go to the Facebook group there's also the link to the um, Eventbrite the, 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 event the, the show event and basically if you mark yourself and kind of reserve your position we can kind of reserve a seat for you to come on down to the show and have a fun time we are limited right now to 40 people but if we get you know enough people to say they're definitely going to see the event and our fans of the show to see us then we actually could expand that out to a second room where we have another 40 people possible to fit in there right, so because this day. is uh, open to the public down there too so um, people might just take to bring their kids to get some candy and then go get a babysitter and come back and enjoy part of the event yeah. uh, there will be adult beverages the uh, Boone County uh, distillery has now uh, are now available to sell their uh, product yeah, product on yeah which on, I believe Kyle when we went to go talk to her a couple weeks ago, Bought some of the products. Exactly. I, I bought some for my dad. I bought some for me, and uh, we we've actually enjoyed it very much. Your dad <laughs> so, like it? Yeah. Oh yeah, 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 yeah. They they sell. It's a lemon. I we enjoy the lemon drop conjugal visit moonshine. moonshine. <laughs> Uh, conjugal visit. It's got a very risque logo on it. Yeah, it's so cool. yeah, I really appreciate it. So yeah, they sell a great product. I really appreciate them a lot. Um, yeah, but super excited for that live event. Like I said, like limitation of uh, right now 40 people. If we get a lot of people there going to the event though, we could possibly expand it up to 80. So we're really happy to see people come down. So please mark your position on the Facebook of group event that like you're going so we know how you are 80 or more if we don't tell the fire marshal. <laughs> 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 the fire marshal. Exactly. And we got to walk around too so if it's overcrowded it'd be Oh, yeah. It's like tri-level, so it would be all right. Yeah, yeah. But it's a Uh, jail. (laughs) So, Kyle, Detroit Rock City. But before we get started, Mm -hmm. I have a question. You have a question for me, Jimbo? Kyle, Mm -hmm. what is the last concert that you have attended? Or have you ever attended a concert? I've been to a concert. Actually, I went to go see the Mountain Goats, I believe, back in. (laughs) (laughs) They're a popular band. (laughs) 
<laughs> I saw the Mountain Goats. I believe it was either 2018 or 2019, <laughs> somewhere around there. They had an amazing show down in Kentucky, oh, and uh, I really enjoyed <laughs> that. Down in Kentucky, down in Kentucky, they were. They were doing the grill down in Kentucky. I don't remember. What I, you, I don't remember exactly what year I went down there too. But Mountain Goats is an excellent band. I really appreciate their music a lot. Uh, make sure laughing at me, Jimbo. Jimbo, what was the last concert you've been? Oh, to? Kyle, mine was the Sheep Herders. Obviously, the Sheep Herders. No. My last concert was probably Garth Brooks down in Louisville a couple years ago. So yeah, yeah. and not that I uh, regret it because I don't think it was a mistake, but I went to go see it. It was going to be an Andrew WK show um, back in I think 2016 or 2017, and I bought tickets. And then soon he was like, "Oh, it's going to be a concert show at this bar. It's going to be incredible. We're going to see Andrew WK." Then found out it was like his party of the USA tour, and it's actually him going on a motivational speaking tour. Oh, no. So it's just him in front of a podium talking about how to live life, and he did some Q and A stuff. Just like, just generally hung out with people. So, fun show overall. I like Andrew WK well enough, but it was a very different vibe from what I expected from his uh, party hard motif kind of thing. So, wow. that was a, a fun little thing concert. Uh, I got to go to more concerts sometime too, but of course, it's been difficult since, you know, the past three years of uh, you know, the late world. world. Right. But yeah, sure, live shows being more fun overall. So, yeah, overall. All right, Kyle, let's, uh, let's Jump dive into, into this, see what Brett thinks of our. Our takes of Detroit Rock City. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. But okay, Jim, I'll take it over from here. Detroit Rock City, released on August 13th of 1999, directed by Adam Rifkin, written by Carl Dupre, um, produced by Catherine Hall of uh, Kathleen ha- Kathleen Haas and Barry Levine and Gene Simmons, composed by J. Peter Robinson. Cinematography was done by John R. Um, Leonetti. Leonetti. Editors was Mark Gallblatt and Peter Schenk. Casting director was Valerie McAfee. And production designer was Steve Hardy. Um, quick little um, run down the film. In 1978, four rebellious teenagers try to scam their way into a KISS concert. Um, basically, they have their tickets burned away by their mother. And they have to go get and they have to go find a way to, you know, scam themselves into the Kiss concert and have a fun time. And they go on a huge, huge road trip to go down to the Kiss concert in Detroit Rock City of all places. What surprising! Um, budget for the film was thirty-four million dollars back in nineteen ninety-nine, and just in for inflation, that'd be about sixty-two point four million dollars today. It's amazing. Inflation <laughs> just went wild. Just doubled, just literally doubled money from 1990s. You know, you know, dollar you had yesterday is two dollars today. You know, it's crazy. Um, so it's weird. Um, opening weekend, it only made two million dollars. That was whew, that was a rough bomb there. Uh, just for inflation, be about three point seven million dollars, and gross worldwide, it only made four point two million dollars. So gross would be seven point seven now today. So that movie bombed hard, unfortunately for them. Um, which it's probably a little cruel because it. it, it We'll get to the final notes. I didn't really care for this film that much, but I didn't hate it either. I feel like this film could deserve to at least take a break even for them because this is not you know that bad of a movie. Um, actually, going to further a little plot summary of the film, but four members of a high school band called Mystery do everything they can to attend a Kiss concert in Detroit. In order to make it to the show, they must steal, cheat, strip, and deal with anti-rock mom and generally do whatever it takes to see the band that inspired them to be musicians. This band being Kiss. You know, the legendary rock band of Gene Simmons front man. (laughs) Awards for the film. Um, We have only three nominations. In 2000, it was nominated for the Young Star Award for Best Young Actor or Performance in a Motion Picture Comedy. Um, That was for Sam Huntington's role in the film. In 1999, it was also um, nominated for the Golden Trailer Award for the Golden Trailer for Trashiest. 
I'm not sure if this context was actually trash in a good way or trash in a bad way. <laughs> in a bad way. And also in the 1999 The Stinkers Bad Movie Award. <laughs> Snickers? Uh, the Stinkers. Stinkers. Oh, Stinkers Bad Movie Awards. It was nominated for the worst song or song performance in a film or it's in the credits. Wow. For Marilyn Manson's Highway to Hell. What in the world? That is... Man, people ragged on this movie. Okay. Um, yeah, so that's, that's all the awards it was nominated for. It's an honor to be nominated, I guess. Um, but anyways, some of the technical details of the film. This has a runtime of just 95 minutes, so not too long, not too short. Actually, just kind of in the... the, the I think 95 minutes is kind of like Goldilocks area for a lot of films, actually. Where like Any film going two hours is long. Any film going less is way too short. Um, sound mix. This is a Dolby Digital release, so excellent sound work there. This is a color film, obviously for the '90s, of course. Aspect ratio is 2.39 by one, a little bit um, wider overall, especially for like a television release at the time. So, like, definitely kind of a wide aspect ratio for most films. So, yeah, I'm interesting on that level. So that includes the technical details of the film. Um, production status. Um, this film. Oh, production dates. Anyways, this film was filmed between October 9th, nineteen ninety-eight, and December tenth of nineteen ninety-eight. So just a short little two-month turnaround, which is pretty con- impressive considering the amount of locations they had to go through to film this entire film. Um, and then note for the filming locations. This film was um, largely filmed in Ontario, Canada, in Canada, Canada. on Canada, Would <laughs> Ontario, you like a Canadian Canada, drive? and Toronto, Canada, and filmed a lot of locations in there. I'm assuming for tax purposes and stuff like that too. It was filmed and there in this film. Yeah, and thirty-four million dollars is uh, pretty like surprisingly expensive for this film. I think overall, but I imagine a lot of work went into especially that third act for that huge concert show they had to put in at the film overall, and they filmed that concert scene incredibly well actually I think overall but moving on here we have the cast of the film um, and for the first character we have Giuseppe Andrews playing the role of Lex um, Giuseppe Andrews was also known for being in the movie Trailer Town in 2003 and Cabin Fever in 2002 next up we have James DeBello playing the role of Trip James DeBello was also in the film Cabin Fever in 2002, and he was also in the film National Lampoon's Dorm Days 1 and 2 from in 2003 and 2006, respectively. Then next up, we have uh, maybe like the biggest like child actor of that film. Uh, well, let's say child actor, like more like teenager actor at the time, but Edward Furlong playing the role of Hawk. Edward Furlong, of course, easily most um, well-known for his role as John Connor in Terminator 2, Judgment Day. And he was also in the film American History X in 1998. And then next up, we have Sam Huntington playing the role of Jam. Sam Huntington was also in the film Jungle to Jungle in 1997 and Fanboys in 2009. Next up, we have Lynn Shay playing the role of Mrs. Bruce. Um, Lynn Shay is probably best known for her roles uh, in the Insidious movie franchise mm-hmm. from 2010 to, I believe, well, kind of still ongoing, but I believe there are five movies in deep now of that whole series of Insidious, so um, good for her on that side. I don't know if she was in all of them or most of them or not, but she's been in a few of them, at least I know. So Lynn Shay's been in that role, and she was also in the film There's Something About Mary in 1998, I believe, with Ben Stiller <laughs> and Cameron Diaz, if I remember correctly. Yeah. Yeah, that's a movie, I'd probably go back and see that movie, age poorly or not, I have no idea. Next up, we have um, Melania, um, 
Melanie Linsky playing the role of Beth. Melanie Linsky was also in the um, show Togetherness from 2015 to 2016. The film The Intervention in 2016. And just recently she was in the Last of Us TV series in uh, uh, Last of Us TV series in 2023. She had one of the um, antagonist roles in like one of the um, two-parter episodes, I believe. So good for her on that role. So she's still working. Cool. Good for her. Then next up we have um, maybe... Um, Probably the most uh, well-known actress going on right now, anyways, with Latasha Leone playing the role of Christine. Latasha Leone was also in the show Orange is the New Black from 2013 to 2019. And I believe she also has like an Apple TV detective show. She's really popular in right now on Apple TV, and she was also in the um, the I believe the movie The Slums of Beverly Hills, which I did not write down the year for it came out, but she was also in that show. Latasha um, Leone also, you know, big actress in her own right, probably having her, her biggest part of the career in the last ten years, actually, not just this film. Next up, oh, and she was also in the uh, the American Pie movie. I believe she's in that as well. Now, next up, we have Miles Dougal playing the role of Elvis. Miles Dougal was also in the film Barbed Wire in 1996 and the film Dawn of Sex, 2007. That's an interesting movie title right there. And then the last character I'm going to put on here for the film of Casserole was Shannon Tweed playing the role of um, Amanda Finch. Now, Shannon Tweed was also in the film Electra in 1996 and Cannibal Women in the Avocado Jungle of Death. <laughs> I believe that was in the 80s. I knew eating avocados would kill you. <laughs> exactly. Avocado Jungle of Death. Oh, are you not going to put the uh, the Kiss people in there? The Kiss people? Oh, I don't <laughs> I don't know if I can name all their names on top of my head. I'm going to take a look and see if they're in the cast notes somewhere. Because um, obviously Gene Simmons. Oh, uh, no, yeah, no the, the cast just says, kiss themselves. <laughs> wow. I'm just going to put Gene Simmons in there because I'm not a Kiss Army guy. Um, to all those that are, you know the names. You don't need me to tell them to you. Wow. I mean, Paul Stanley. Good. Good for them. I'm sure that's a guy probably. <laughs> You're probably right, wow. but that concludes the you cast know, of uh, Ace Frehley, Peter Christ. Okay, well, yeah, yeah, see, so you got it. That's it's four yeah. people, right? Maybe. <laughs> well, well, the, the well, they've changed some cast members over the, the yeah. years, so yeah, yeah, yeah. Good for them. Cast uh, Kiss has a legacy of their own that is, um, you know, uh, beyond this film, so <laughs> they don't need to be mentioned here necessarily. Yeah. So, yep, that includes the cast of Jim, of the Detroit um, Rock City. Jimbo takes some of the trivia away from me, and then we'll get some more final thoughts. All right, here we go. <laughs> okay. Are you ready? I am ready, Jimbo. Okay, let's end the show. No. <laughs> <laughs> Very little notes this time. Oh, no, there's more notes than the other two movies. Oh, okay, okay. So, okay. so uh, actually, Kiss uh, actually reenacted the 1970s era concert with over 3,000 fans for this movie. So they actually went back and... Uh, oh, so they did like their biggest concert ever kind of thing. Right. Oh, that's awesome. And re- redid it. So yeah. pretty cool. Uh, much of the memorabilia used in this film is from Gene Simmons' personal collection. So all that Kiss memorabilia. Oh, wow. That's incredible. Yeah, yeah, so yeah, how they decorated the whole room right. with Kiss memorabilia and all that stuff, too. Yeah, because like, how much stuff could they possibly have made for Kiss? And apparently they made a lot of silly stuff that you could buy. <laughs> they still you know? are. Oh, yeah, I'm sure you do. Like, if you go online, I'm sure you find all kinds of things you can buy off Amazon. Or well, we'll just have to ask stuff. our uh, Brett's yeah. co-host, Carl, and see how much Kiss merchandise he has. I know he did you say kiss and dice? <laughs> kiss and dice. I, I, I try to say kiss merchandise. I may have. That's a together. new, new, new word. Kiss we and use. dice. Kiss and exactly. Dice. That's that's. <laughs> uh, the two girls in the movie are named Beth and Christine, and those of you that are Kiss uh, fans will recognize them from the songs uh, Beth and Christine Sixteen. What? <laughs> yeah. yeah. Oh no. So uh, each member of the band Mystery mirrors a member of Kiss. They even get together with girls appropriate to their counterparts. 
Hawk is like Paul Stanley and gets the supermodel. Jam is like Peter Chris and gets Beth named after his solo song. Trip is like Ace Freely and gets the Spacey Girl. Lex is like Gene Simmons and gets Christine named after one of his trademark songs. <laughs> okay. There is a cameo by Pamela Bowen. Uh, the first protesting mother outside of the Kiss concert with brown curly hair and glasses. At the time, she was Paul Stanley's real-life wife. They divorced in 2001. Oh, that's sad. Um, on the exterior wall of the nightclub, it's raining men. Above the red entrance awning is a larger-than-life picture of a well-built, naked man with a glowing, glittering star covering his genitals. The head on the cutout is that of director Adam Rifkin. It's his cameo. The film was shot in Canada, and acting in front of the camera would have violated his work visa. <laughs> <laughs> so they made a, made a whole little thing to make a little Adam Rifkin reference, but couldn't film him. That's really oh, man. weird. <laughs> uh, the Basset Hound that brings Lex the Frisbee appeared in the number of television commercials from Maytag Appliances. Uh, I'm sure Brett's old enough to remember those. Uh, the woman's face, which is part of the Blumps Burgers logo and signage, is director Adam Rifkin's grandmother. <laughs> okay. <laughs> He's just making all kinds of yeah. stuff. Um, on the highway, Christine uh, makes a remark about the possibility of Kiss producing a disco song. The boys laugh it off, but in real life, Kiss actually released a hit disco song, I Was Made for Loving You, in 1979. I think I've heard that before. I yeah. was made for loving yeah. you. Baby. Yeah, that one whole thing. Yeah, so like. Uh, the word F, effing, or effer, are said 83 times in this movie. So, yes, it is definitely a, probably an R rated movie. Yeah, yeah, definitely. A lot of potty mouth humor. Uh, yes. Uh, the four youthful leads themselves are in a garage band called Mystery. The S in the Mystery logo is a lightning bolt from the Kiss logo. Uh, this was the first film to be released on DVD before VHS. Oh, before. Oh. So it was actually, you know, they released on DVD first, and then they released it on VHS. That's incredible. Yeah. yeah. A little thing of music, you know, I mean, of, of film history right there, actually. Right. Yeah. And I bet this film probably did very well on the VHS, and like a rental market especially. I'm sure they made a ton of money on that, probably. You know. Yep. Uh, Jonathan Taylor Thomas was considered for the role of Hawk. He was also considered for the role of Jam. Uh, Jonathan Taylor Thomas... Best known for his uh, home improvement days when he was one of the kids. Oh, that's right. Yeah. yeah. The perfect timeline for him, too. Yep. Yeah. He probably would have done well there, I'm sure. A large yeah. portion of this movie, including scenes at the church and Blump's Burgers, were filmed at King and Church Streets in Toronto, Canada. In fact, the Blump's Burgers sign was still there even after the movie was released in theaters. So they left some of that stuff up. Just, yeah. Must have taken it down anyways. Interesting. Uh, Gene Simmons handpicked Natasha Leone to play Christine. Uh, the song that Jam's mom is humming to herself before she hears Kiss music on the record player at the beginning of the movie is We've Only Just Begun by the Carpenters. Remember when she sits down yeah. and wants to relax with the, the wine or whatever? And mm-hmm. Next thing you know, Kiss pops on the radio and spills her wine and everything. Uh, let's see here. Uh, the Detroit Rock City poster was designed and drawn by artist Phil Roberts, and I must say it is one of the most detailed posters you will see uh, oh yeah, definitely. It's, I don't know how long it took, but it's a lot of lot of good uh, artwork there. Mm-hmm. Like, it's a great exaggerated. I mean, like poster that I really he's no Natalie Knight. Let's not get it twisted. Our podcast logo <laughs> artist. Uh, according to director Adam Rifkin on the commentary track, the Kiss pinball machine in the Smiley Mart was provided by a local Kiss fan. So, press work there. Yep. Yeah. yeah, I love playing pinballs. 
Yeah, this film definitely like plays into like the cultural zeitgeist they kind of had for the era, and like you know, and there's so many so, so many fans today that they can kind of lean on to kind of make this film. So it's like I, I wonder how much Gene Simmons actually produced this film, how much money he put in producing this film overall, because it, it feels like almost like a fan project in itself. There, so they went to Detroit because um, I, I, I want to say it's Trip. I can't remember his name, but the one had called in at the school and had to name all the uh, uh, Kiss. Um, the name the band of the Kiss, all the members of the band. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So they think they've won tickets again. So they head up to Detroit and they go to the radio station and uh, he's like, "Oh no, you didn't get it right." And he's like, "Yeah, we did." And so uh, they play it back and he got one of the names wrong. So now they're out of the tickets again. So they're trying to come no, no, up. No, no, they did. They hit all the names right, but then he just mistakenly hung up immediately and didn't give the name, address, or anything like oh, that. Is that what it was? I couldn't remember what. <laughs> yeah, it, yeah. yeah. Uh, but. So now they're up there, and they I think they need, what, $200 to get tickets again or something like that? A few hundred dollars. Yeah. I think it's like $400, actually. And, yeah. uh, so they all go their separate ways to try to make money to get into this concert. And poor Edward Furlong's character sees a... It's Raining Men. It's a, a male strip club. Um, yeah. <laughs> so the next couple of trivia is going to be talking about that. Uh, but, so his strip scene in It's Raining Men, it was done in only four takes, which is impressive. <laughs> but... Edward Furlong is not actually vomiting into the picture after the stripping scene. He has a hose that went up his jacket and on the side of his face, and someone is off camera with a spigot turning on and off the vomit. <laughs> and the interesting thing is that they had to keep shooting it over and over. It was making the crowd nauseous. <laughs> I don't even know what they filmed. Like, uh, like I thought they would detail how they made the fake vomit. Like, it's like it's like beef stew and oh, beef stock like that. Is it like just got to be pumping that in through the hose? And it's just like, I bet it smells awful too. And all the people are like, oh. He oh fills the entire picture. It's amazing. Yeah, more uh, than the picture, remember? Yeah. Um, oh, yeah, it goes beyond the picture, right? The yeah. original cut of the film was over three hours long. Oh, my gosh. I'd like to see that. That'd be cool. The extended cut of just every single joke they could possibly do. Or, or it could have just been two hours extra of the concert. The- yeah, or something like that. Actually, probably still, actually, probably a better park overall. Uh, the interior know. scenes of the confessional booth was shot in three days. Uh, the confessional booth was about as big as an airplane bathroom. That's pretty interesting. It's, it's really crazy small. that I really do want to kind of see like a three-hour cut of this film. I want to see what that is. <laughs> Trip. Uh, when he gets punched by Chongo, he is attached to a harness with a wire that is pulling him off his feet by a pulley that was digitally edited out, and the brick wall is actually made of rubber. <laughs> Remember when he picks up the little kid? Oh, you're going to the Kiss concert? Yeah. You're going to give me your tickets? He's like, nah, I don't think so. No. Chongo. <laughs> massive of Just a man. massive dude, yeah. Uh, the film takes place in 1978. Kisses, Kisses Alive 2 tour hit Detroit on January 21st and 23rd of uh, that year. Uh, Lee's mom's car is a 1978 Volvo 244GL. Jam's mom's car is a 1970 Chevrolet Kingswood Estate. And Kenny's car is a 1978 Pontiac Firebird Trans Am. Uh, This movie gives a nod to Nightmare on Elm Street from 1984 when a crucifix is seen in Jam's room hanging at a 45-degree angle over his bed, similar to the one in Nancy's room during the sleepover. Both films star Lin Shay, and both were released by New Line Cinema. Oh, cool. Even though the film is set in 1978, all four original members of KISS um, at the concert the boys finally attend are all wearing reproduction costumes that they wore of that era, 1977 to 1978, Love Gun and a Live 2 Tour. 
uh, that they wore during the band's 1996 to 1997 retour. Awesome. Reunion tour, sorry. In his book, No Regrets, Ace Freely states that his daughter, Monique, had a scene in this movie with Edward Furlong. However, when she saw the movie and discovered that the scene was cut, she was very devastated. Ace said that ever since then, he never looked at Gene Simmons, who was the executive producer on this movie, the same way again. Oh, sad. Sad. Yep. The church that the production originally chose refused to allow filming after they read the script and discovered that Jam and Beth have sex in the confessional. The production had to find a different church. And when the WURP radio DJ asked someone to name the real names of the KISS band members, it could be considered a trick question with two answers. Gene Simmons' real name is Heim Witz, so he could have got it wrong if he went another way, too. Or they could have just been a trick question. Yeah. Kyle. Thoughts? Let me have your Detroit Rock City feelings, baby. I think this is a film truly, you know, by fans, for fans, produced by Jim Simmons himself. Like, he clearly wanted a tribute to himself. (laughs) (laughs) Truly, I think that's what it was. And I'm sure, like, for fans of kids especially, I bet this is, like, a hugely memorable film for them that they really appreciate and love. Um, Overall, though, I think this film is meh. Overall, it's okay. Um, It's largely inoffensive to me. Um, But, yeah, it just kind of leans into all, like, the stereotypes of the 90s films and also of, like, 1978 tropes of, like, the the moral panic of rock music and then, too, like, the moms against rock music and that kind of stuff, rock and roll. That just feels, you know... It's dated, you know, even for the time. Um, so it's kind of like a, kind of boring on that kind of note. And uh, overall, the characters are just not really that interesting. I mean, they're kind of just kids doing dumb stuff and trying to mimic themselves, trying to be like, you know, I think it's Kiss's idea of what the ultimate fans of Kiss would be are them when they were kids wanting a band like that. So that's what they're. That's why they're kind of the big fans of it. So I kind of like I appreciate it on the level of being like I think it's in the same realm of like. Tenacious D and the Pick of Destiny of like it's a fun film for fans of that you know, of those rock formers. It's a film from that in that perspective, but for anyone else, it's just kind of like an okay film. So this is kind of like a, a five out of ten for me, maybe a six out of ten if I'm being really generous. Um, but it's like right in that ballpark of just like eh, it's okay, but it's just largely disposable. So that's kind of where I'm at in this film overall. So like yeah, if you're definitely a fan of Kiss, then I would definitely recommend watching this film. But um, if you're not there's not much there that you can't get from any other film in the '90s, basically. Of a basically, especially like a kind of a, a raunchy teen comedy kind of uh, kind of spit. So that's kind of all it is, and all it will be, I think. But you know, like I said, overall, it's like I'm not offended by it, but it just exists, and I'm not really a big fan of it either. So it's okay. Um, Jimbo, how do you feel about Detroit Rock City? Well, I will say first and foremost, it was better than I thought it was going to be. What I was getting myself into. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think you hit it right on the head when you said it was pretty much summed up what the 90s were. Uh, to me, it reminds me a lot of um, Euro Trip slash American Pie slash uh, those types of movies. Yeah. Um, Which some of these stars were even in those films. It's, so, it's, like, it's yeah. one of those movies where you just sit down to watch a movie. It's There's no substance to it, really. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's just, you know... Yeah, and I'm sure if like if I was a teenager watching that in 1990s, like I would have probably been a big fan of this film too. It's like it's like it's 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 for its audience and its audience only of you know teenage delinquents who want to rock out. Like that's all it's for, and in Kiss fans, obviously. Right. But yeah. Um, like like I said, there's no real substance. Uh, there was some great acting in it, um, but it's just it's not a very good movie. Um, <sighs> 
I'm trying to come up with something positive to say about it. You know what I mean? Uh, yeah. I guess the music, if you want to say the, the music was okay. I, I feel like the concert scene was actually probably the coolest scene. The whole film had a lot of dynamic camera action going along too. The performances by Gene Simmons and the rest of Kiss were uh, at, at static. And I could see like they they captured, I think, the vibe right where I feel like, man, if you were at that 1978 concert, then you would have been a Kiss fan for the rest of your life. Because that was clearly like the, the spectacle that they put on for that concert show was incredible. I think if you were there for the Kiss concert, you would have been like, oh, I I, under- I get it now why you want to be a Kiss fan for life after seeing that rock show. And I think that's what I think is largely the thing, this is the, the thing about Kiss that makes them more appealing is like, their spectacle of their music shows, especially because like, if I'm going by the going more about Kiss and not the movie itself. I think Kiss's catalog is overall like it's okay but not great. But I think if you see the work they did for their concert shows, it made them all the better. Where it's like, oh, okay, this is a full um, performance going on here that actually does have a lot of bombast action to it. That's really cool to see and make you a bigger fan of the show. But as the music stands, it's alone. I'm like, eh, you're okay. <laughs> but right. also just me being a younger guy you know, in general. Right. So um, is it good? Not really. Is it bad? Probably. <laughs> I mean, I'm trying to be yeah. generous, but you know, but I think for me, it's probably a four out of a ten. Um, there's just there's just not much about it. Um, I'm I'm not a big Kiss guy. Um, you know, yeah. I like some of their music. I've listened to some of their music, but it's been a long time, and I know uh, Brett. Uh, well, I know Brett's not as big of a fan as Carl. Carl is like uh, one of the uh, Evangelist for this film. You might as well just call him the fifth Kiss member. I mean, because he's that that dedicated to him. And they have their fans. They have quite the following. I think it's over a million strong. The Kiss Army. uh, You know. Oh yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, Kiss has a lasting legacy and a huge fan base that's largely deserved. Honestly, they 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 had a huge impact on the industry, and I appreciate them on that level. And I don't think they're bad people. So so what I will say is, Kiss will probably go down as history as memorable. Detroit Rock City, probably not. No, it, it, it's a part of their legacy, but nobody like highlighted any degree. Right, and like you could see even like in its box art performance, like this film bombed pretty hard. Right. It really didn't really. Make money. Well, I'm saying, yeah. oh, uh, give me your top 200 memories of Kiss, and nobody's going to say, oh, the movie Detroit Rock City. I can guarantee I, you. I that. could see it being out there. I, I, I bet if you're a big fan of Kiss, I bet you're a fan of this film. You know, well, like, probably. But I'm just saying, if, you, if you're but if you're a Kiss fan, mm-hmm. and I say, list me the top 100 greatest moments of Kiss, Detroit Rock City movie is not going to. Yeah, be you want there. moments of actual music career, and not right? The they film will be that talking about their right their yeah. their controversies between you know mm-hmm. Peter Chris and and all the other people, Ace Frehley, yeah, and Gene Simmons, as we see the controversy here with about his daughter's part being. Cut, um, yeah. But like I said, they they they've made more money than me and you will combine in our entire lives. So what? Who am I to say anything? Yeah, right? Yeah, yeah. yeah. The, I feel like the, the best like the best good movie about the best movie about Kiss has yet to be made. You know, someday there actually probably could be an interesting movie I think made about Kiss as a legacy as a band. But this is not it. <laughs> no. Not even close. Or even a good documentary. I'm sure there might be some, but I haven't seen any. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But I, yeah, and I think like that deserves to be made someday because I'm sure there's enough stories there. Kind of, like you know, for how many films have been made about you know Queen or the Beatles or something. Right, like that and too. it's like, it's awful interesting though. Um, he re- he asked us to do this film now because Kiss is actually ending their tour, the finale yeah. at the uh, I believe it's either New Year's Eve or New Year's in, in uh, New York City at uh, Madison Square Garden this year. So, mm-hmm. well, there you have it, Brad. Hope we weren't too hard on it. Um, but uh, we know you like this movie. We tried to. I tried to see the positive in it. Try to see the negative in it, which you see a lot more negative than you do I positive. Think we got there. <laughs> we, we we did our best as we could, but yeah. So 
With that being said, if you want to follow us on the social medias or uh, leave us a review, uh, you can hook us up, look us up there, leave us something. We will read it on the air. Um, Kyle, any anything else? Um, just come to our live show once again, October twenty eighth, and it'll be a great time. So I think it'll be overall. All right. But that's that being said, I think we're coming to a wrap. No, Jimbo, he Kyle, said it wait a minute. How many times have I, you been on here and you just said it I was totally gonna, I was going to make you do you, it. I but you just you did it wrong. It. But I was like, oh. It's not that this is coming to a wrap. That is the dumbest thing you've ever said. Coming to a close. And I think this episode is coming to a close, and that's a wrap. And cut. Jimmy, Chris, see what I deal with, people? <laughs>